When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago. But those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year. Plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Sports fam, it's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Answers, here with another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. Today, in honor of the Oscars, the Academy Awards are out on Sunday night, uh, we're going to give out our own sports-themed Oscars or Academy Awards to various things. But first, before we get too far, let's dive in with some gold stars and detentions. First gold star is going to go to Peyton Manning, who has notably been retired for several years, but for his commentary over the weekend when he said he wants his retirement gift he sent to Tom Brady back because Tom Brady's not retiring. Now, what I will say is that this gold star is not just for the humor there, but I think Peyton Manning hits a very similar sentiment as the rest of us who are all kind of ready for Brady to retire, to say the least, and to just hand that out and then take that away from us feels a little cruel, shall we say? And so Peyton Manning went on to talk about how he wants those nice words he wrote down in the note back. He really wants the note back and like the bottle of wine or whatever went with it too. But gold star Peyton Manning for the humor of the moment, but being able to hit a very similar feeling as the rest of us. Detention for the week, you know, not quite as light a note here, goes to, I guess we could just say injuries. I, I, I don't know who to blame for this, but if you did not see it yet, Villanova will be without guard Justin Moore. They're in the Final Four next weekend, playing against Kansas without guard Justin Moore. Moore, for what it's worth, has 15 points per game, 14.8 points per game. Uh, he's a junior guard. He's been working toward this. And frankly, you got to remember this junior class Villanova, when you signed up to go to Villanova for the last like 10 years or so, you're anticipating getting to one of these Final Four top <laughs> type of moments because they seem to get to them every three or four years. And for 
this or for that or whatever, this is Justin Moore's chance to do that, right? They had a chance taken away his freshman year in 1920. Uh, they, they didn't do the tournament that year. Last year, Villanova didn't make the Final Four. They were very good, but did not make the Final Four. And this year, uh, Justin Moore and Villanova make it, and we now find that he got or his season ends a little bit earlier than his teammates. So detention, again, I guess to injuries, just really unfortunate. But uh, without, you know, I, I don't know how else to go about that. It just sucks. And obviously, Villanova-Kansas is going to be a great game, but that really, really hurts Villanova in a lot of ways. And so, again, again starting guard, I guess he's technically a two-guard, but really they run a couple combo guards. Anyway, um, sucks. It'll still be a great game, I'm sure. Uh, Kansas a lot of fun. Uh, as a Big 12 guy, Kansas is a lot, a lot of fun. Got connections to AJ, KJ Adams as well. Shout out KJ Adams on Kansas. But I, I just, I, I can't watch that game and not think like, oh man, that really sucks. So there you go, detention to injuries and specifically the injury to Justin Moore. All right, so again, we got a fun episode to do today. We're going to talk through some Oscars or hand out some Academy Awards, mostly lighthearted stuff, having to deal with sports in the last year so without further ado let's dive in okay parker so the thesis statement for this commercial is james harden has the best beard in sports what do you think about that thesis statement oh i give it an a you know as a houston guy we we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him dallas keiko lots of big beards in the houston area what do you think about the thesis so i'm a jets fan and i absolutely love the beard that ryan fitzpatrick has so maybe i would give ryan fitzpatrick the nod over james harden but you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your bombs, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. All right, so our first sports-themed Oscar is going to be Best Soundtrack. Now, all of these are up to interpretation, but when I hear Best Soundtrack in sports, I'm not thinking like Mariano Rivera coming out to enter Sandman or anything like that. I'm thinking of, huh, what kind of soundtrack was made by athletes, and that only leaves one real option here. Best Soundtrack goes to Miles Bridges. Now, I don't really need much of an explanation there, but Miles Bridges, the forward for the Charlotte Hornets, would also be a professional rapper if it were not for his NBA career. Go check out his work. Up to Score kills it. It's a great album. Uh, it was a mixtape, I guess, technically. It came out in 2021. Go check that out. Shout out to Miles Bridges for that one. No explanation there. Hip-hop album. Go check it out. Best soundtrack in sports, 2021. Best screenplay is an interesting award handout in sports, and I think there's only one real possible winner here. Best screenplay of 2021 goes to none other than Rudy Gobert. Shouts to Utah Jazz Twitter. Now, for those that don't get the joke here, there was a big argument 
lots of big arguments, I guess I should say, about Rudy Gobert in Jazz Twitter because he constantly operates in the space where, like, he's big and he's important and he's perennial defensive player of the year. But the rest of people watch basketball and are like, yeah, but y'all constantly lose in the playoffs because you have him on the floor. And that back and forth, that yo-yo is a ton of fun to discuss on Twitter. And by fun, I mean awful. Twitter's awful. They yell at each other. All caps. Lots of swearing. All the time. Avoid that. But I will say that Rudy Gobert got credited with a bunch of, quote, screen assists by a bunch of Jazz Twitter. That's really a valuable thing as far as his lack of offensive game. They always tell that, yeah, but he has so many screen assists. And for, you know, the layperson doesn't follow basketball statistics. That is not a statistic. But what they are talking about is that, like, setting a screen that creates points for a person dribbling the ball. And Utah Jazz fans have come with a fictitious way to try and keep track of that as if anyone else couldn't just do that. I mean, that's a glorified chair i i digress but rudy gobert per utah jazz twitter does lead the league in those screen assists so best screenplay has to go to rudy gobert king of the screens now that's not to say that setting screens isn't important it's not an important part of the offense whatever like if you watch the golden state warriors a lot of what they do is setting up steph and clay and all those guys off backside screens and this and that and the other thing and that's kind of fun and frankly if rudy gobert didn't exist Best screenplay could go to someone on the Warriors or someone like Steve Kerr or something fun like that. However, Rudy Gobert does exist. So best screenplay has to go to Rudy Gobert. Shouts to the Utah Jazz and Utah Jazz Twitter. Hashtag take note if you want to go get in some shouting matches. All right. So our next award is going to be best supporting actress. Now I dealt with, I was trying to wrap my head around how to deal with best supporting actress in a sports format part of me wanted to go down the route of giving it to kelly hall stafford or matt stafford's wife for all of the obvious support she showed matt throughout the entire playoff run because obviously as an actress she is supporting matt uh, matt stafford now i i will say that like that felt kind of weird because women are involved in sports and a lot more than just the supporting role so i was thinking how how do you deal with that back and forth and then it hit me. This award, Best Supporting Actress, is a tie. And there are two of them. It's Sue Bird and Megan Rapino. I don't know of a pair of women that supports each other as much as this couple does. And obviously, they're in love with one another and they're a couple and, and they live together in all the Seattle. And so part of that is like just being a supportive partner. But they also constantly plug the other's league. Like Rapino will be talking about the WNBA, supporting the W and all kinds of things in her U.S. soccer endeavors. Sue Bird will be talking about all of the different things that the women's soccer team is doing, the U.S. women's national team, while she's out on her WNBA ventures. I think their relationship is really, really a back and forth, a true give and take, and they're both super, super supportive of one another. I'm not sure how else to give out an award there. I will say it's always funny as a fan of both to watch their little jabs back and forth, and maybe that's not the most supportive thing, but it is two hyper-competitive women talking about their sports especially when they get into arguments that they can actually compare on or theoretically compare on, like when Megan Rapinoe has one Olympic gold medal and a pair of World Cups that are fairly similar, I guess, as far as like big international whatnot. So that would be three total golds and major every four-year type of competitions representing the United States, to which Super legitimately laughs. She's got five gold medals in the olympics alone she's got another 
four gold medals and a bronze from 2006 from the world championships worth knowing that 2016 is not like the greatest showing and they still got bronze um it this very direct comparison between the two super it always kind of goes yeah but <laughs> you know yeah yeah you're you're doing great but you, you got three total i got five right that's always fun back and forth anyway uh while that may not feel like support we're going to best supporting actress is a tie between the two because of the support they do show to one another in a last second steal our best supporting actor is going to go to yadonis haslam haslam is a miami heat lifer again uh he was selected by the he wasn't drafted in 2002 draft ends up with miami heat in 2003 so i was going to say he was drafted in 2003 but he wasn't he was on all three miami heat championship teams 2006 with dwayne wade 2012 2013 with the big three era he's still playing professional basketball if you didn't know that <laughs> um the 41 year old udonis haslam sits primarily at the end of the bench in full uniform for the Miami Heat, you know, there were rumors that when they were on their way to the championship in the bubble back in 2020, that he might have retired on top at that point. And as they sit atop the East right now, maybe he retires at the end of the season. But Udonis Haslam has always been, frankly, even since his time with the big three, a like coach on the floor. He's a very much like a heartbeat, a leader. He does those kinds of like, when he was a more active player he was like the gritty guy that you know the heartbeat guy on the floor and now he's more of a locker room heartbeat he's more of that kind of a guy for the miami heat again 41 years old playing in the nba that's kind of hard to fathom but he is at the end of the bench still in the league this award though got sealed last week <laughs> when i don't know if you guys saw the clip but i hope you saw the clip because it was really funny the clip from the front side you see the back of Eric Spolster's head and Jimmy Butler and him going back and forth and like Spolster spikes the clipboard and they have an argument over Jimmy Butler goes on the floor. From the other side, there was a fan, of course there's always a fan with this with a camera phone, a fan phone from the other side catches the back of Jimmy Butler's head looking into this huddle and you see Eric Spolster saying, without swearing too much on air right now, Eric Spolster says, do you want to fight me? <laughs> to Jimmy Butler, to which Jimmy Butler says something on the line, along the lines of, I imagine, sure, or yes, or whatever. And then you see Udonis Haslam step in the middle and said, he said, you want to fight me. And this look on Udonis Haslam's face. And again, Udonis Haslam is a 41-year-old man, but he is tried and true Florida. Born in Miami, went to UF Florida, like tried and true Florida went to Miami Senior High School right there in town, steps into the middle of the tour, and this is, he said, you want to fight me? And I'm telling you right now, every one, NBA coach, high school coach, rec league coach, the answer to that question is no. And Udonis Haslam makes that very clear. Everyone needs that kind of support in their life. Everyone needs that kind of supporting actor in their life. Shout out to UD Udonis Haslam for best supporting actor in, I guess, technically 2021-22, in the award season. How about in the in the award year Best Supporting Actor to Udonis Haslam. Best Actress, it, it felt like, oh, what am I going to do here? Who am I going to pick here? And then very quickly, the answer is Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka is by far and away Best Actress of the last award year. Osaka has both been the Best Actress of the last award year on the court, where she does things like win the Australian Open, and she's a dominant tennis player when she plays, and those kinds of things. She's obviously a tremendous tennis player, but she's also won Best Actress because of how she's got the world talking about this very, very important 
aspect of health, our mental health, in a way that athletes and sports in general have just kind of let slide for so long. Obviously, you remember that uh, after being seated second in the French Open and right right before the start of the tournament, Osaka announced she was not going to do her mandatory media assignments and thus, uh, you know, ends up eventually getting fined and threatened and so on and just decides to withdraw from the tournament because she's not going to do it. She doesn't want to do that. That's bad, bad for her in her own mental state to talk about matches right after they happen. And she's like, I'm just not going to do this. And if y'all really want me to do this, you're not going to get to watch me play tennis. I also think it's worth pointing out that she, she brought this up at most recently. We talked about this back on the show a couple weeks ago at the Indian Wells Open, right? The worth pointing out that she commented after the match that she was brought to tears because someone said something as simple as you suck or whatever right and while that seems like a fairly simple jeer and it's an interesting conversation you'd be like well do you have any negative jeers or any negative jeers allowed and that seems fairly mundane it took her back with indian wells being what it is to the idea of like the williams sisters and and their time at indian wells and how they faced racism at that tournament and how they boycotted playing in it for a long time because of that and those kind of things and like you never know how that's going to impact someone and again launches us into this interesting conversation that frankly we don't have i mean a year ago we're talking about nba fans dumping popcorn on russell westbrook and spitting on trey young and and now she's saying no no you can't like just saying you suck like why why does this have to be negative now obviously there's like aspects of tennis being an individual individual sport or or whatever but those kinds of conversations are being asked and being had because of Naomi Osaka. So she's not just a dominant tennis player in the last awards year. She's also making the rest of us better in a way that makes us appreciate these athletes and sports in a better way. So I guess maybe that's an argument you can almost almost say for a supporting actress, right? Because she's asking us to do better for ourselves. But on the whole, the performance across the year hits too many different high points in two different areas. We're giving best actress to Naomi Osaka. All right. Best actor, drum roll please, goes to a tie between James Harden and Trey Young. No, no, on a lighter note, I will say here's one thing about acting. In the NBA, you know, you could date it back to Manu and Dirk bringing foreign play into basketball in a weird way in the early 2000s, although I'd add in like, Kim Lajuan brought in foreign play in the 90s, and he didn't quite flop around the same way. Um, but you have this idea of flipping and flopping a basketball over the last 20 years and how it's exponentially grown. And to be fair, it's worth it. It's worth flailing your arms, get free throws, get a foul on your defender if you're James Harden or Trey Young, or even if you're Steph Curry or LeBron James or whomever you are, because it puts that person in foul trouble. It gets you some of the best shots in basketball, free throws, and it gets, again, a chance for everyone to catch their breath. If you're a ball-dominant guy, like all four of those guys are, again, Steph Curry, I guess, does more off-the-ball running, but that's still a lot of running. And then James Harden, Trey Young, and LeBron James all lead the league in usage with Russell Westbrook down there as well most years, right? And so the idea is that you get a break, you get to go to the free throw line, get to catch your breath, clock stops, you get to put some free throws in, it's a very efficient shot. You also get your defender in foul trouble and kind of corrupt what they're trying to do on defense. You can also, like, there's this weird thing about basketball where watching the ball go through the hoop kind of builds this confidence and builds your momentum as you go in a game and so making those free throws helps you see the ball through the hoop and makes the next like that ends up kind of snowballing in, in a sense but Trey Young and James Harden have taken it to the effect where the league has 
bluntly, had to change the rules. Right now, I guess you could also argue Steph Curry has, you know, with his the way he flails his arms on three pointers and stuff like that, has changed things. But to start the 2021-2022 season, and at different points throughout the season, you've seen calls that up until this season were called fouls on three-pointers, like guys leaning into contact on threes or getting the defenders up in the air at the shot fake and then jumping into them, throwing the ball at the basket or whatever. Those things are not getting called. The league has changed the rule or changed how they call the rule based on guys like Trey Young and James Harden. I'd say that makes them the best actors, the best at doing this because we changed the rule to take away a thing that they did. This is not horribly different than like when college basketball's answer to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at the time Lou Sindor was, hey, you're not allowed to dunk the ball anymore. Or when the NBA's fix for like, well, how do we cover Wilt Chamberlain? Well, we don't let three in the key and we make the lane wider. They, they widened the lane on the floor to try and keep him slightly further away from the basket. Like these are game-changing types of players. And while you know, I, I don't necessarily know that it's the same quality of basketball to watch the game-changing types. Forcing the league's hand, and I, I'm obviously a Rockets guy. I was a big fan of James Harden doing it while I was here. They forced the, they forced the league's hand. They changed the way the league goes because of the way that they were acting, both literally and figuratively. They were acting out calls to the point where you couldn't really tell if James Harden, how does he shoot a normal jump shot? How does he land, right? There was a whole dispute in the 2019 playoffs about James Harden kicking his legs down on a jump shot. And at some point, it came down to no two jump shots of his in a game look alike. So how do you know what is, quote, normal and what is, quote, normal landing space and what is, quote, not normal landing space and what someone gets under him on, right? So we're going to give best actor and a tie to James Harden and Young for forcing the league's hand on this rule. Now, I do think it's about to be really interesting because it's the end of March. We got about a week and a half of pro basketball in April, and then we're going to dive into the NBA playoffs. And when we get into the NBA playoffs, I don't know what they're going to do with this. They already called fouls a little bit less in the playoffs, but you also saw stars get more favorable whistles in the playoffs. And so with that yo-yo back and forth, did they swing one way on the pendulum and say, we're going to call much like we did in the regular season and not call these calls? Are they going to swing the other way and say, no, 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 we want to make sure the stars get their shots at free throws and that the guys trying to cover the defend the stars, those like, you know, three and D guys that just do play defense or whatever, that they get in foul trouble and allow the stars to shoot the ball, score the ball more. How are we going to go back and forth with that pendulum? Where does the, where does it finally settle? I think that will be interesting to watch in the playoffs. And that may frankly change this best actor award it may just go to one or the other, it may go to someone completely entirely we hadn't thought of. I mean, Draymond Green certainly flails his arms around plenty, and we can see that go that way as well. But for now, best actor goes to James Harden and Trey Young. All right, best picture is actually difficult because we've had some really fun sports stories in the last sports year. You had all of the things surrounding Giannis Antetokounmpo on his way to the title, right? Uh, the Marin Fader book, friend of the show, Marin Fader, came on top of the book. Go back and check out the episode from last August. We got to talk about with her about the book entirely, right? Obviously, Giannis winning the title at the end of 2021 was a fun, cool story, right? Very fun, very cool story. He's a remarkable talent and a remarkable story. And frankly, by all accounts, appears to be a remarkable person. 
So that's a great story. In the NFL, you had the LA Rams going all in on themselves. You had them going all in on themselves with Matt Stafford trying to build his, you know, last chance at a Super Bowl kind of team. And he takes he shows up in LA with his buddy Clayton Kershaw, high school buddy Clayton Kershaw on the LA Dodgers, and takes LA to the promised land in his first season there. Yet Aaron Donald and the up and down career he's had and how it frankly had a very similar feeling for Aaron. Although, to be fair, like the quarterback and the defensive tackle are not quite the same kind of guy, but shout out to Aaron Donald because I really would argue it's kind of a very similar story. You had all the things around while they beat my Houston Astros, the Atlanta Braves, and how much fun that was for that city and bringing that back to that town and how it's been so long since that town's won a championship and those kinds of things. It's another great story. You had Georgia finally, you know, getting over the hill and coming up and beating Alabama in a title game and what that means for that program and how that was this big story for Kirby Smart and that program and that city and that school and frankly the duality of that and the Braves both being in Georgia roughly around the same time and how big that was for them. You had Candace Parker going home to the Chicago Sky and them winning the WNBA championship in a way that kind of feels like a culmination of a couple different stories. I mean, one of the greatest women's players of all time, grew up in Chicago, right? comes on the scene, this McDonald's All-American dunk contest as a girl in the dunk contest back in like 05, whatever that was. And then you see the franchise of her hometown as like very, very close a year ago. And so she signs with them in the summer after having been in LA for so long. And they go out and win a WNBA championship right away. And that's a cool story too, as Candace Parker is kind of ascending into other avenues she's now on tv tnt a lot on tv she also is like kind of becoming a de facto social justice person with her and her wife after having had a husband earlier in her life and like that was a whole story too that kind of tied in after the championship fact and so that feels like it could be one of these stories but the answer here and i may be jumping the gun a little bit and you know fade pains is a real thing and so maybe you don't go with my picks but the best picture here goes to Duke. Specifically, it goes to Coach Mike Krzyzewski, who's won you know 1,100-plus games at this point, has been at Duke since 1980 at this point. I guess he briefly did head coach Army right before that. But it, worth pointing out that this Coach Krzyzewski and Duke and all the culmination there, I mean, they have a guy that in his final season, in Krzyzewski's final season, they have a guy that looks like he might be the number one draft pick. They have a couple of the guys that look like they're pros. This is a team that, you know, while they didn't, you know, they did lose the last game in the Dean Dome, and they, they did lose the ACC championship game, they look determined in a wholly different way in the NCAA tournament. Barring, and I, I'm recording this towards the end of the Carolina-St. Peter's game, but barring an unforeseen 20-plus point comeback when St. Peter's hasn't broken 40 points at all themselves in the whole game, they'll get to play North Carolina in the Final Four, right? That is storybook-esque. Duke, Carolina, Final Four, Krzyzewski's final year. They get to go to the final and play another blue blood in either Villanova or Kansas. Kansas, you may remember, is the team that Krzyzewski and Duke beat in 1991 to win Krzyzewski's first ever national championship now while it's college the players have changed over you're more likely to have a kid from the 91 team on the team now than anyone related to those teams that's 30 years ago that programs both being where they are and Krzyzewski having a chance to play North Carolina in the final four and then Kansas in the title game feels special 
You've got the 2009 Duke team loses to Villanova, who's another potential matchup in the NCAA championship game in, I believe it was the Sweet 16, might have been Elite 8, Sweet 16. Anyway, back in like kind of the start of this like second renaissance of Villanova basketball, a key player, I mean, obviously that team had like Jared Henderson and Greg Paulus and Nolan Smith, but a key player on that team, aside from like the random Plumlee brother and uh, Kyle Singler was an okay college player, John Shire is now in line to be the Duke head coach. He's sitting next to Krzyzewski on the bench and they're moving forward with this together so that like passing of the torch would happen against the team that took them out together back in 2009. Meanwhile, Jay Wright is the coach of Villanova and Wright was considered one of the guys that might replace Krzyzewski at Duke because they have this long history of being back and forth and Wright has been at Villanova for his own, what is it, 20-ish years. He got there around 2000, 2001, and he's been at Villanova that long, and he's kind of getting to that point where, like, is he going to retire after 20 years? Is he going to do the, you know, spend another 15 years, like, there and have a similar career path to, like, Krzyzewski himself and build the same kind of program in Villanova that Krzyzewski did in Duke or whatever? Like, those kinds of storylines are all interwoven in this and I think that, you know, that all matters as well. Obviously, I'm putting pen to paper here that this is the best picture without it being finished. <laughs> and so that may be the ultimate nail in the coffin for the program. But we'll see. I think that if that story is how it plays out, that as fun as the Candace Parker story is, as fun as the Yana story is, as fun as Georgia having the Braves and the Bulldogs and all that kind of fun stuff, that's the best story of the year. If that plays out that way, that is the best picture, and that is the best picture of the last sporting year. All right, friends, that is it for our Academy Awards slash Oscars of the, we'll call it last award season of sports. I hope you had a good time with all of that. This week's shows are a couple fun things. I want to make sure we shout out that on Wednesday's midterm episode, we're going to talk with, again, Score Zag Scores, I mean Andy Patton from Locked on Zags. Now, that's a fun, fun guy. I have to fully admit, I feel like I jinxed him. Last week, I texted him saying, hey, can I get you on the pod next week? I know you're probably really busy trying to get you a week in advance. And he was like, sure, of course. And, you know, that just, of course, means he got the ultimate fade pains. <laughs> he got the ultimate jinx from the show because if you've listened to the show at all, you know that this show tends to have the ability to jinx things like undefeated teams or whatever. So while my apologies and condolences go to all of Gonzaga, we are going to talk to Locked on Zag's own Andy Patton on Wednesday for the midterms. Make sure you check that out wherever you get your show, wherever you listen to the show, make sure you check that out. You can find him at ScoreZagScore on Twitter. You can find me and my personal stuff at Painsworth512, that's P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512 on Instagram and Twitter. I'll post all the things I'm writing and recording these days on there, as well as random sneaker takes. I did get a big win on Friday. got the Muslim Jordan 3s. Yes! But besides that, you'll also see all kinds of jokes and nonsense going on on Twitter. This show is edited by a guy named Chris Sliwa. Thank you to the intern Chris Sliwa for all the work he does behind the scenes. You can find him at Chris underscore Sliwa7 on Twitter. That's Chris underscore Sliwa7 on Twitter. He's at Chris Sliwa7, no underscore, on Instagram. This show is on both Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, we're at F underscore N underscore sports. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter, we're at FN sports two. It's F I N S B R T S number two, all one word. On both of those 
social medias. You would go to the link tree in the link there in the bio, and the link tree would take you to all of our different sponsors, including things like the link to our Yeti store to get all your insulated cups, coolers, and koozies. You can go to my bookie, which does all the midterm episodes, but you can also use code FN Sports to double your deposit up to $1,000 through my bookie. You can also use code FN Sports 15 on the Beard Struggle to get all of your beard supplies, your oils, bombs, and other things like that for your beard supplies using code FN Sports 15. You can find the link to that again through our social media handles. You'll also be able to find a link to our merch store. You can get all kinds of hoodies and t-shirts that have different meanings for different charities. The Women's History Month was March, and we did a whole orange hoodie and t-shirt campaign akin to the WNBA orange hoodie. You can go on and get that. All proceeds from that go to Planned Parenthood of Greater Texas. Our April campaign, we're excited to announce, is working with Autism Speaks. We have a puzzle piece t-shirt, and all proceeds from that t-shirt in both adult and kid sizes will go to Autism Speaks, which helps out with resources for kids with autism learning in different school settings. So make sure we get out and support a great cause. Grab a shirt, help out them, help out us. You can also help with the show by doing all the things you like to do, like like, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars, all those kind of things on all your different listening platforms. Do it on a couple of them, but whatever you do when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.